Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Ashley Hollis. Like I said, I'm going to share a little bit from The Greatest Showman today. And so I put together a gift and I was like, what would be so much fun that I would love on Mother's Day? And I would love a movie night. So in this bag, there's a paper for a code um, for a Redbox movie. And then there's also popcorn and candy and stuff. Listen, if you have not yet done the five love languages, that um, book to find out what is your love language, definitely I encourage you to do that. Um, One of mine is quality time. And so I think that's why I love movies. Although I have to be totally transparent with you. So I usually don't stay awake during movies, okay? Like, I try really hard, and I generally do so much research when we're going to get a movie to watch, Elijah and I, or if it's the family. Like, I research everything. Like, it's, I feel like it's just how I live my life or something. But I find the best movie. I look it up on Plugged In Online. I make sure it's a good one. Like, I check it out. And then, by like five seconds in, before the credits come on, I'm asleep. Like, passed out asleep. I never stay up for movies, though I want to. Like, in my head, the thought of having a movie night is so much fun. But I always fall asleep. And so, hopefully you can stay awake. Maybe you can drink coffee or something before your movie night. Maybe that'll help you um, stay up. I don't know. But I want to share a little bit from The Greatest Showman. Now, how many have ever seen The Greatest Showman? Has anyone seen that movie yet? Okay, a few people, a few people. I hadn't seen it either, to be honest. I'm not even really sure when it came out. But a couple weeks ago, um, I was staying at Katie Everett's house, and we had to have one of our pipes um, collapse underground. And so they were like, we're going to excavate your front yard, and you just can't use water till then. So we were like, oh, okay. So we, we go to Katie's house, and we're staying there. And she and Kayla had The Greatest Showman, that movie. And they were like, Ash, have you seen The Greatest Showman? I was like, no, I haven't. Like, I don't generally stay up for movies. And they're like, it's so good. It's a musical. And I'm like, oh. Like, uh, probably that already has two strikes against it, right? Like, I'm not sure. I love music, but I just can't get into them. And so we get ready to watch this movie, and I get all comfy, man. I'm like, sweats, hoodie. I am cuddled up in the corner of the couch with the blanket. Like, I am ready to fall asleep, okay, for this movie. And the movie comes on, and it was so good. And then I watched it, like, five times, okay? Like, over the next, um, like, couple weeks, I was, like, slightly obsessed. Although I called it, like, sermon research so that it would kind of justify it to Elijah. I was like, I'm just preparing for Mother's Day. He was like, Ash, it's our fifth time watching The Greatest Showman. So I know I may be speaking so much, like, greatness into that movie, but, and, and I do understand too, I should probably put out a disclaimer, I know that The Greatest Showman can be kind of controversial right now, but if you have not seen it, I would encourage you to watch it, and here's the reason. It's about P.T. Barnum, and for me, I grew up from when I was one going to the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey circuses, and it was like one of my favorite nights of the year. My grandparents would take us, all of us grandkids, and so I was the oldest grandkid, so I went first, and then everyone who was born when they turned one they would start coming to 
these circus nights, and we would go out to a cafe, and we would get milkshakes, and then we would go to the circus, and then we would have a slumber party at my grandparents, and it was just like the epitome of my childhood. Do you ever have anything like that that's like, it just rings childhood, like it brings back memories? And so we turn on The Greatest Showman, and it is all about the life of P.T. Barnum, who, who started the circus, and it's the, the preface of it. And I thought that I loved it because, see, Elijah is a creative, and so he is very into video. So a lot of movies we try to watch, Elijah does not love. So, so if you're sitting there and he'll be like, oh my goodness, the coloring in that shot is terrible. Or, oh, that transition. And so he'll find little things, not trying to be difficult, but he's just so creative that he has a lot of a hard time with some of the videos. So we were watching The Greatest Showman and we're into it. And he's like, the first song comes on. And he's like, that was the most incredible transition ever. I was like, yes, we found a creative movie we can love and we can watch. And I thought it was that. Then I thought it was the catchy, catchy songs, and I was going through it. But I think when I really dig down to it, what I love about The Greatest Showman is P.T. Barnum's ability to dream and his ability to take his childhood dream and create this reality out of a dream. And now I will not ruin the video for you if you have not seen it, but there comes a point in the movie where P.T. Barnum is chasing his dream and then he gets to the moment where he's living his dream, but that is no longer enough to suffice. And so he begins to chase the lights. And so he begins to sacrifice what's in front of him the family, the team, everything that he has, he begins to sacrifice that for the, the flash of the lights and what could be and what can go. And I think that we oftentimes teeter on that, don't we? We can dream, and dreams are so powerful, and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about dreams today, but oftentimes if we aren't cautious, if we don't take time to celebrate the wins, we can easily pursue dreams and then we can sacrifice our reality. And on this Mother's Day, I want to challenge us to create a culture of dreaming. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a lady in this place, a guy, I believe this applies to each of us. But I'm going to share a little bit from a mom's perspective. I have two kids. Zion Danger is seven years old. And Onne, you saw her singing. She's five. And um, so I'm at that young mom, like I have young kids, so I'm still in the dreaming with them, right? So right now, my kids have massive dreams. And you may remember when you were a kid and you had big dreams. Zion right now, he told me the other day that he is going to be a professional basketball player and a professional football player. He's just not sure which teams he's gonna play for. And they might need to be in different cities, he told me. I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then he was like, and I'm also gonna do video and be a pastor like daddy. And I was like, that is so cool. And so he goes through this whole list and if we're around people who cook, he's gonna be a chef. And he has all these different dreams. And he's like, mommy, do you think I can do all that? I'm like, I 100% think you can do all of that. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's going to be so awesome. Because who am I, who am I to crush a dream? And I think that in the Bible where they talk about that childlike faith, it's so cool because as a child, reality hasn't told them that they can't accomplish their dreams, right? When we become adults, we dream and we dream big, 
But don't we have people that speak into our dreams? Like, oh, that's crazy. I don't know how many people I've told Elijah and I that our dreams are crazy. We're like, yeah, I know, they are, they're huge. Maybe things come at you and it's like financially, oh, you can't accomplish that, you would need this. Or maybe because of the way you grew up, or maybe because of a traumatic experience, you can go down the list with what it may be in your own life that's buried those dreams down deep inside. But today, I wanna talk to us about if we could just pull back those layers and begin to dream again. I want to share with you um, out of a scripture, and I'm going to just land in one scripture today, and it is Ephesians 3.20. It says, now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us, who is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, indefinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God can do immeasurably beyond what we've ever thought, what we've ever dreamed. And so for me, as a dreamer, that makes me so excited because I'm like, so if I can dream a big dream, God can do even more than the dream that I have. Can you bow your heads? Let's pray before we get started. God, I just pray right now that you would come and that you would speak to each and every heart in this place. God, on Mother's Day, as we celebrate the ladies here at Change, I pray that you would just reignite us as dreamers. God, that you would spark us to dream in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our jobs. God, spark that dream within us today. We love you and we trust you. We thank you for what you've already done in this place and what you're going to do in the rest of this day. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, I personally, I love dreaming. I'm not sure where Elijah, I just need to give a shout out for Elijah. Thank you for creating a church that dreams. I am so grateful to be a part of this and a part of a dream that God gave you and that you chase that dream forever. And I think that's another thing, you know, whenever you hear the Million Dreams song and Anne sang it and it's about creating the, the future is going to be us with a million dreams. And I, I, it's like, no matter how big, how small, let me be a part of them all. Man, what if we had that mentality? What if we as ladies said to maybe it's um, our husband, maybe it's your fiance, maybe it's your kids, no matter how big or small, let me be part of them all. Because how many know it's going to take a million dreams to shape the future that we want to see, right? Um, <clears throat> in... In this Ephesians 3.20, where he says, Now glory be to God by his mighty power at work, able to do far more than we would ever dare ask or dream of, indefinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. See, I believe the power of a dream is more than keeping us focused on the future. I do believe dreams keep us focused on the future. I believe that when I have a dream deep down inside of me, I'm sure you can relate if you have a dream that you're like, I wanna see this happen, this relationship, this job, this family, whatever it may be, I have this dream. So if you can celebrate where you are right now and you can dream here 
where you want to be in the future, then what we've created in this space is what I would refer to as a faith gap. And I think that there's so much power in a faith gap because if we limit ourselves right here, right now to the present, I believe we have to engage our position and I believe that we have to celebrate the wins that are happening right now. But without that dream of the future, I've eliminated the faith gap where I am in expectation for God to show up. See, for me personally, I love to dream big. I love to see what is happening in change right now. I believe this is the most phenomenal church, and here's the reason. Because I believe that the dreams that are to come allow a faith gap for what God is going to do. We sit and we celebrate, and we celebrate wins. Um, Literally, we're launching out 10 change groups this season. I am so excited. I believe that is something to be celebrated. We had an incredible season last season, and we're getting ready to launch into 10 new groups. We're serving. We have couples. We have dinner parties. We have business leaders groups. We have all sorts of groups happening in the entire greater Philadelphia area. And so we celebrate what God's doing right now. But we hold on to the dream that God gave us. And I remember when Elijah came and we were on our sabbatical. Um, You may have not heard this before, but we had a sabbatical two years ago almost. It'll be two years in July. And Elijah had been at our previous church for 10 years as a youth pastor. And the gift that they gave to us at the end of 10 years was that we got to take a month off and go dream for the future. Well, Elijah and I are dreamers. Like, we can go to dinner and come home with pages of dreams, okay? So you give us a month to turn off our phones, shut down our emails, it was dangerous. I mean, we were like dreaming in high definition, and it was like our first day out of town. We're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to go, and it was so much fun. But I remember that dream, and I remember sitting there and having that dream, and the dream that is to come here at Change, the dream of launching out campuses, and the dream of seeing hundreds of groups creating community around Philadelphia, the dream of being a resource to our city to see city transformation, Those are dreams that God gave us, but that creates a faith gap. The dream that God's given me for my kids. See, if I'm not cautious and if I don't engage my position now, I can easily get distracted by what I think my kids are going to be. Zion is obsessed right now with basketball. Like, he plays basketball all day. Every day, he has one of those little um, Walmart hoops, like in, like hanging on our, our uh, basement door. And so he plays. It doesn't matter if he can't find the basketball, he plays with the balloon. And if he can't find the balloon, he plays with a football. Like it doesn't matter. So he's so obsessed with basketball. So now my dad and my parents were from Kansas City, and so we are huge KU fans. And so I'm always like, Zion are you going to go to KU? Are you going to play for the Jayhawks? Right? But I have to watch myself because I can get so caught in the future that I don't celebrate the now. And as funny as it is, can't we live there? Can't you live thinking what your kids are going to be in five years or 10 years or 20 years, what your business is going to be? You say, man, someday when this happens, I have this dream. But we have to engage our position and celebrate now. And then we have to dream to create that faith gap where God is going to show up. I grew up in a house 
where my parents created a culture of dreaming. I was, I, I count that one of the biggest gifts that my family gave me. I, I am so grateful for that because we had fun, we traveled a lot, we did a lot of things, and I was very blessed. But the best thing I think that my parents poured into me is the culture and the ability to dream. Because no matter where we're at, we can celebrate and then dream beyond. And I was thinking through Mother's Day and I was thinking celebrating my parents. I wish my mom was here. If you guys have not met my mom, you would love her to death. She is the sweetest person ever. When I was um, younger, I like to be on the go. Like, I just like to go a million miles an hour. And so I would always be on the go, and then my friends and I would be hanging out, or we'd be at a basketball or a football game, and I'd call my mom, and I'd be like, Mom, we're all on our way over because we had a pool, and I was like, we're all going to come over, and everybody wants to swim. She's like, who? I'm like, oh, there's like 15 or 20 of us. She's like, huh? Okay. So we would walk in, and wouldn't you know, you would think my mom had been preparing for a party. She would have coke and sprite out she would have lemonade made she would have warm chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven she'd be like oh thanks for coming i'm like this is the greatest thing ever now that i'm adult i found out she actually makes the chocolate chip cookie dough balls and puts them in the freezer so she can just pop them in the oven genius so if you have kids do that make cookie dough balls put them in the freezer but my mom always created this space that it was fun and it was life-giving and my dad dreamed massive dreams. My, to my dad, there is no such word as I can't. Like if somebody, and he actually just had to do a test and um, he's a, like an executive coach, a leadership coach, and he had to do this test and it was all about how his personality type, if somebody tells him, no, you can't do that, he actually interprets that as oh, I just didn't ask the question right. Okay, I'll re-ask that a different way. Like, that's who my dad is. And so if you tell him, no, Phil, you're not going to be able to launch a church there. You're not going to be able to. He'd be like, oh, okay, let me rethink how I'm going to ask that. And then I'll come back in a couple weeks, and I'll just keep asking. until. So he dreamed huge dreams and went and accomplished them. But one of the coolest things that now I celebrate in my mom on Mother's Day is that she helped make those dreams come true. And I don't think I realized that as a child. I just, I thought that that was just how moms were. Like I thought that they always let you dream big and that they always prepared this place for you and that they always helped to make these dreams come true. And now I realize being a wife and being a mom, that's a choice that I have to make daily to help those dreams that Elijah has to come true, to speak life and like purpose into my kids' dreams. Because it doesn't matter if the dream's gonna look differently. But I think you and I both know Zion probably won't play professional basketball, professional football, be a, all this different stuff at the same time. Do I think that's 100% exactly how it's going to play out? No, I don't. But I do think that if I speak life into that, I don't know what that's going to look like in 20 years. I don't know if he's going to be a pastor to a basketball team or if he's going to coach a football team. I don't know what that's going to look like, but my responsibility as a mom, as a woman, is to speak life into those dreams. My dad, he, he dreamed huge dreams, and he, we had a church, maybe five or 600 people at the time, and he loved the church family feel. A lot of what we have here at Change, and I encourage you, if, you're, if it's your first time here, 
get connected to the family. Man, we do things together. We do groups. We have belong next Sunday. Get connected. And, and my dad, he created this church family atmosphere. And so he was standing when, um, when they had gotten married, and he was standing on stage one Sunday. And he was sharing about how it was almost Thanksgiving time. And that th Thanksgiving was on the Thursday, obviously. And so he was like, so Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving, Sherry and I would love to host the church for an all-church Thanksgiving dinner. So Sherry will cook the turkeys, and all you have to do is bring desserts or sides. And my mom sat there like this. <laughs> okay, okay, and God bless her. Like, I don't know how she does it. Like, my dad and I always dream of big dreams. She's like, okay, okay. But she was a mom who made things happen. She didn't say, no, that's not possible because A, B, C, D. She was like, okay, so how are we going to cook 15 turkeys? Let's try to figure that out. And so she's making these dreams come true. And so I wonder what would happen for us if we began to create that culture of dreaming. Even if you're not a mom, I believe the next generation always looks to the generation ahead of them. And the reason I say this is because having been in youth ministry for almost 10 years, I watched students look up to those ahead of them. So if you're a lady here and you're 18 to 22, I will guarantee you that there are 12 to 15 year olds that are looking up to you that you're creating a culture for them to dream within. They're gonna jump on your shoulders. And then we have the 18 to 22 year olds who are looking to 25 to 30 year olds. Anybody else do that? You look to somebody a little ahead of you to learn, I still do that. I have some of my dearest friends who I'm like, you're ahead of me in your family or in your business or in your church, it doesn't matter what it is. When you're ahead of me, I love to look and I love to be able to dream with people. And I love to be able to have that culture where dreams can come alive. I believe there's three keys to dreaming. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, while we're engaging our position, number one, we have to change our perspective. Change your perspective. You know, I don't know what may have come against your dreams when you were little. Those little childhood dreams that you believed in and you thought, when I get married, this is what my husband and I are going to do. And, when, and, you know, maybe it was like reality hit. I remember when Lige and I got married and I like had all these dreams we were going to do. And then we started getting bills. Well, I had never had bills because I moved out of my parents' house to Elijah. And so I didn't even know. And so all of a sudden something came against what was my dream. And that might sound silly, but that was what came against my dream. Something that I thought, this is what my husband and I are going to do, and this is how it's going to work, and da, da 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 And things began to come against. And there's been some things that we've gone through in life that have been traumatic experiences. And so when those things come against us, we have to begin to create space to dream. Number one, you have to change your perspective. For us, Elijah and I drive. And this is, this is probably like the littlest thing that we do. But if we can drive about an hour and a half to two hours away from home, we feel like all the weight of the world is gone. And we can even be driving 
to something that we're responsible for. But it's changing our perspective. It's moving out. You know, if you look at a puzzle, I feel like, you can't look at a puzzle level with the puzzle and be able to put it together because you can't see beyond the piece that you're holding right now. But if I can stand here and look down at the puzzle, or if I can stand out here and look at the puzzle, I can see what pieces need to move. I can see what could be and what we could create. So number one, you have to change your perspective. We go to his aunt and uncle's house sometimes, and, and they live out near Harrisburg, and we'll drive out there, and it'll be, maybe we'll be there for 12 hours, and it is a retreat like we've been away for a vacation. Number two, you have to evaluate your proximity. Evaluate your proximity. I wrote here, getting close to the environments that inspire the dreams inside of you. What spaces do you need to plug into during this season to allow that dreaming to come back to be? What spaces do you need to create within your family to allow those dreams to happen? You know, when I was growing up as a kid, we would get together as a family and we would pray together. And my dad would ask us, what are you going to do? What's next? Where are you going? Was it a massive thing and this big ordeal? No, it wasn't but it was a culture. It was asking questions. It was creating that culture that when we came to this dream of change on our sabbatical, and I remember we had that month away, and we called my dad, and we were like, okay, here's what we feel like we're going to do. He was like, great. What do you need? How are you going to do it? My mom was like, that's awesome. And if this happens, here's how we can do it. And if that happens, here's what we can do. And I remember, and, and this is like, probably so silly, but I remember um, when we were leaving and we were leaving everything comfortable and everything secure. And I remember my parents and we were talking to them on the phone and we were like, you know, we don't know what this is going to look like, but we know that we know it's a God dream. Like we know that God's going to show up. And I remember my mom calling and she's so sweet. She called and she was like, okay, Ashley, I ordered a freezer to be sent to your house. And I was like, what? A freezer? Like, I have a refrigerator. And she was like, no, but that way you can create freezer meals. You can package up freezer meals. You can save. You can be smart during this time. And it was the littlest thing, but it was a huge thing when I, as a child, was walking into a dream because it meant to me that my parents believed in a dream. And I would challenge us today, who do you need to believe in a dream for? What do you need to create that proximity to get around people that'll help you to dream, that'll bring those dreams back to life within you? I don't know what your dreams look like. Your dreams are going to look different than my dreams, but we're going to create dreams. And then the next generation is going to begin to dream and the future will change. The third thing is to write your plans. Write your plans because paper never forgets. Um, I went through and I found this board that Elijah and I had done. This was like, I guess almost nine years ago that we had taken this board. I, I was still in the first experience. It's probably from like a house project we were trying to do because we don't know how to do house projects, but like it's a random cut board that we probably sanded so we didn't get hurt on it or something. But we took this and we made a dream board. 
And we were looking back at it, and we have this big box of things that we've, we've just written our dreams. And it was like, go to Greece, learn how to surf, have a family, adopt from Thailand, plant youth groups worldwide, be in direct connection with Jesus, have a leadership school, get a dog, go to Costa Rica, save our neighborhood. And, and so it was all these fun dreams. And I looked back, and as I was preparing for today, I was telling Elijah, I was like, I love that we wrote down these dreams because they may not have ended up exactly like we thought they were going to, but I'm watching these dreams become a reality. Like we talked about, your dream always comes before your reality. And I'm looking right now and I'm looking and we had wanted to have a leadership school for so long. And this season, if you don't know, we actually have 11 interns that are coming on with change, which is going to be amazing. And they're going to be interning and getting experience. You're going to love getting to know them. Some of them are here already. Some of them come in um, in a month or two after school. But I look at that and I think, man, it was a dream. It was just a dream. But it was a dream that God spoke into, and we don't know how it's going to turn out. Mom, you don't know what those dreams are going to look like that your kids are sharing right now. Those dreams that you're hearing, maybe it's from students that you're friends with. Maybe it's from your significant other. You don't know how those dreams are going to pan out. But what if we created a culture where we dreamed, where we spoke life into dreams. And on this Mother's Day, as I celebrate my mom, and, and I celebrate that she had the ability to teach me how to dream. I think that ability is more than anything, more than any gift you can get, more than anything you can give your kids, is pouring life into dreams, speaking into the dreams that you have, and creating that space for God to dream. And what I want to do now is I want to end by having all the ladies stand up. And I want us to pray over the ladies that are in this place. I've been praying so hard for today. And whether you feel like you're already living a dream and you're like, I can't even keep up with my dream. Or maybe you feel like I have no dream. Whether you're five years old or 500 years old, that is totally okay. Ladies, stand up. And if you're near a lady, would you just put your hand on them. Let's just pray over the ladies at change. We are a church that celebrates and champions ladies and what they bring to the kingdom of God. I love that. But can we pray? God, I thank you for each lady in this place. God, I thank you for the love. I thank you for everything that you've put inside of these ladies, the strength that it takes to walk through life and to navigate. And God, as we dream, I pray today would be a time, God, that you would speak into these dreams. God, that as we leave this place, you would bring these dreams back to life in each of these ladies' hearts. God, whatever's come against, I pray against those words that have been spoken over dreams. I pray against those events that may have happened that would tell us we can't accomplish those dreams. God, would you reignite those dreams within our hearts, those dreams to do more and to see you show up? God, that faith gap, and would you give us the faith to expect, and God, the faith to trust that you're going to show up, that you're going to do it, God, that you're going to do exactly what you've spoken to us in the midst of that time. God, allow us to create a culture of dreaming. Allow us to speak life. God, just challenge us right now with our words. 
God, as ladies, our words are powerful. And would you give us such wisdom in the words that we use for our families, for our friends, for the next generation. God, allow us to be life givers in the midst of a dreaming culture. God, we love you. And I thank you for these ladies. I thank you for Mother's Day. Give us strength as we walk out into this next week. In your name, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.